Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. I'm John Hare, and you found the place where we talk horses. Today is another listener-driven show. Carmelie Scarpetti has a fascinating story. She grew up loving horses, and like many of us, only got to ride occasionally, and was never fortunate enough to own her own horse. Then, life threw her a real curveball. In 2003, at age 51, Carmelie was involved in a bad wreck with a drunk driver. She was in a wheelchair for a couple of years, and seven years later, was still using a scooter. I was in a really bad wreck, and seven years after that, I still could barely walk 100 feet with crutches, and my physical therapist had been recommending that I try therapeutic horseback riding, but it's really hard to get into those classes. There's more demand than there is capacity, and so after about a year, I finally got into a therapeutic riding class at Horses for Hope. And that was my my very first beginning of riding horses. I mean, I'd been on horses before that, like, you know, the head to tail trail ride that you do someplace. Right. And if anybody would let me ride their horse, I was going to get on it. But, of course, you just have I didn't run in the right circle of friends because not a lot of friends had horses. Mm -hmm. So really, this was really my first experience being exposed to horses on a consistent basis. Carmelie had help on many fronts overcoming her challenges, but she credits Julie Goodnight and wanted to share that part of her story. I really admire Julie a lot. I've met her a couple of times. I was actually also on her TV show. And so, you know, I was thrilled about that. And I've just, I've learned so much over the last, it's been a little more than a year now, but I've just learned so much through that online academy. And I, I'm like, I don't really learn all that well through videos, but she does the videos and she does the articles and she coaches you via the video you send her. And I think it's, it's like that you, you talk to so many interesting people and, you know, there's a lot of things that I've just learned about because, you know, or, or thought about because of listening to the Woe podcast. I mean, I live in near Raleigh, North Carolina. If if you've never lived anywhere else, you think Raleigh's a big city. Mm-hmm. It's really not, but certainly it's a major metropolitan area where you could find a trainer. But, you know, there's a lot of folks with horses that live in the middle of nowhere where they can't actually maybe find a trainer. And And so I'd like, I mean, that's something that I think is really maybe people would like to hear about too. Through therapeutic riding, Carmelie was improving. And there came a time to make a big decision. And I kind of convinced my husband that having my own horse was going to be cheaper than taking a second lesson each week. Mm-hmm. That may have been a lot. And what kind of horse did you get? Um, I fell into a little Pasifino mare. My riding instructor, my therapeutic riding instructor, had bought her thinking that she might be a good horse to use with therapeutic riding students. But she's a very sensitive, real real tender mouth. And Dawn, my riding instructor, decided that she wasn't really going to be a great horse for giving lessons on, but she thought this horse and I would work well together. So she invited me out to her house 
to ride her. And I started out doing a free lease and within a month changed that free lease over to buying her. And she's just, she's a fabulous little mare. She's not as hot as many Pasifinos are. And she's just carried me all over North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, up in Pennsylvania. She's, she's taken me any place I've asked her to take me to. And she takes such good care of me. I never, ever rode with my crutches when I was riding with her. And when I started riding, if I would have come off my horse, even, you know, 500 yards from the barn, I couldn't walk 500 yards without oh crutches. My. Wow. So that's how much, that's how much. And I, I mean, I rode 14, 15, 20 mile trail rides on this horse. Oh, goodness. With no crutches. And, 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 and the only time I ever came off of her, we were walking down an incline and water had undercut the road, but you didn't, you couldn't tell that. Mm -hmm. And the ground collapsed underneath of her feet. We were going downhill. She fell into the ditch that was in the collapsed thing. I went over her head and somehow I ended up face down in the dirt, facing uphill. The people that were riding with me said she did everything but turn cartwheels to avoid stepping on me. Oh. And I, when it was all over, my head was in between her front legs. Wow. And what's her name? Her name is Macy. Now, you got Macy when you were 52, and you hadn't had a horse before in your life. Is that right? Never, ever. My first horse. So how did you get to this uh, advanced beginner level of horsemanship? Well, I started out with about three months of therapeutic horsemanship lessons, which were really designed to help me build balance, build core strength. And at the end of that session, they really thought I had progressed so much that I didn't need to take up a therapeutic riding slot that was could be used by a rider that needed more support. Mm -hmm. I didn't need anybody to lead me. I was riding independently at a walk and a trot, and I was able to stay in the saddle. In that three months, we'd built my legs up to the point where I was confident, steady in the saddle. And so they moved me into Western, beginner Western lessons, and they continued to work with the things that helped. I mean, horseback riding by itself, if you're learning any, you know, if you're just doing anything, helps to build that core strength, helps to build the posture that you need. They were going to do surgery to lengthen my Achilles tendon, but that constant heels down, heels down, heels down. Mm -hmm. By the end of that year, I no longer needed surgery to lengthen my Achilles tendon. Amazing. And were you uh, like reading magazines or did you belong to any of the horsemanship clubs or what What was? I've been a huge tech fan. And I th back at that time, it was really more horse forums mm -hmm. because that was really before Facebook was really big. And so I was on a lot of horse forums. I, I was subscribing to kind of a series of these things where you're seeing various trainers videos of how to do stuff. Right. 
so I, I was watching those and of course everything I could find on YouTube and I've read horse books since I've been, you know, five years old. And so that just was absolutely another venue that I just started sticking my nose in books and, and reading and learning more. But I've just, part of it is I have good balance. I mean, that I, w- I was blessed with really naturally good balance and I'm a little bit of a speed demon. I was never really afraid of speed on the horse. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are really a little bit afraid of that. And, and then you got lucky on a trail ride. Tell us about that. Um, I was at the um, American Heart Association beach ride, and I won an interactive membership with Julie Goodnight, which was really thrilling for me. Wow. I had actually met Julie the year before that, and was amazed when she returned that year and remembered me because how many people must she meet in a year when they called me to tell me I'd won this membership. I was actually riding on the beach with Julie because we, I just happened to pass her as I was riding and, and, and stopped to ride with her. So it was really a cool thing. What's the master Academy. Tell us a little bit about that. Julie Goodnight has Horsemaster Academy, and it's an interactive academy. So she'll set you up with a series of lessons, and those lessons are things that you're going to give her back answers to, and then she's going to respond to what your answers are. You can also submit video of yourself riding, and she'll give you feedback on your riding. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really a, a fun thing. Each lesson, she'll give you a video to watch and she'll give you an article to read. And maybe she'll give you a special training video that's not even available to in like the library membership where you can watch all of her TV shows. Right. So it's really, really complete package. It kind of addresses all the different ways people learn, right? Because some of us are visual learners. Some of us are auditory learners. Some of us are kinesthetic learners. And so it really does address all those different ways. There's, there's a video you can watch. There's an article you can read. There's a podcast you can listen to. And so, you know, those kind of things are, are just really a, a huge advantage, I think, for everybody. Because each, you know, each one of us learns differently. And so you can play up to whatever your strength is. Did you find that it was easy for you to learn? I was amazed at how well I learned. Videos are, are things that I don't do particularly well with because I like to chase rabbits and I like to follow the trail. And so, you know, I'll see something on a video and that starts my mind moving somewhere that the video is not going and then I've missed something and I have to go back and, and do it again and again. The different formats work really well for me. I've just come so far in the year that I've been studying with her and it, it, it's really been amazing to me how much I've been able to learn in, in this format. Can you give us an example of some of the the main tenets that you've taken away in the last year? 
I totally have learned to ride off my seat. And that was a big revelation to me. I just, I didn't know how to do that before. And how do you learn to do that with this format? I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing, but, but the, the, her coaching of her responses to my videos that I sent her and my answers, I, I really, I've really learned a lot. And I've, I now have a second horse. It's a, he's also a Pasifino gelding. He's much has much more brio, which is the Pasifino word for high strung. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, <laughs> he, he just has much more brio than Macy Dove does. Much more, much more spirit. He's just a whole lot more horse. And I think without those lessons with Julie, I would have probably given up with him. He probably would have been way too much horse for me. But because I've come so far. In this last year, he's not too much horse for me, and we've we've developed a good partnership too. He's he's not Macy, but right. I've only had him for you know less than two years, and I've had Macy for nine years. You forget how long it takes you to really build that real partnership and real trust with your horse. Right, and and what do you see going forward? What types of things do you think you'll be learning about? I've come to the end of the two sessions that she has, and we've agreed that I'm going to start using the things I've learned there and taking those lessons and teaching them to someone else. So kind of like, a, let's see how you can do with teaching what you've learned, because of course, teaching is the best way to learn, right? Right. You have to break everything down into its own individual steps and you really have to understand it to be able to teach it. So I've been doing that with a friend that I'm riding with and she's working on developing more advanced lessons. And and I, I'm I would say now I'm I'm a very solid intermediate level rider. After the break We'll talk to Julie Goodnight and get her impressions of Carmelie Scarpetti. But first, this message from Total Saddle Fit. I want to thank Total Saddle Fit for sponsoring the Woe Podcast. Total Saddle Fit makes the shoulder relief cinch. With its unique shape and contours, the shoulder relief cinch redirects the latigos of your saddle to improve your horse's range of motion in the shoulders. The shoulder relief cinch is robustly padded and cutaways in the places where your horse needs it. Total Saddle Fit wants you to try this innovative new take on the cinch by offering free worldwide shipping. That's right. Try it for 30 days risk-free. I've got one I use on my quarter horse mare Jesse and my Mustang Scratch and I really like the look and feel of the shoulder relief cinch. Over 10,000 riders rely on the shoulder relief cinch. Find your perfect size, color, and material at totalsaddlefit.com and tell them you heard about it on the Woe Podcast. Carmelie's story is so fascinating. Her journey through Julie Goodnight's Horse Master program was just such an inspiration that I called Julie Goodnight. On the phone with me this morning is Julie Goodnight. Good morning, Julie. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm just great. 
You absolutely know the story of Carmely. My audience has just learned about it, and it is an amazing story. She's faced so many challenges. I wanted to talk to you in a way that might be inspiring to other people who have to face challenges in their own life and how horses kind of help them through that. And your program, the Horse Master Program, was very important to Carmely. First of all, do you know about what level of horsemanship she may have started when she joined your academy program? Sure. Well, Carmely's level of horsemanship probably hasn't stayed the same two days in a row since she's been involved. <laughs> she is such a driven person in her horsemanship and what I would call an insatiable learner. She'll, she'll never learn enough. And she just, she doesn't even mind learning the same things over and over again. She just wants to learn something new. If not, let's just go back and work on this thing we've worked on in the past. So I first came to know Carmely through the American Heart Association Beach Ride. And we were filming TV shows there and looking for inspirational stories. And that's how I met Carmely. And at that time, she was still very uh, reliant on her crutches. And she was uh, with her first horse, which was an aged mare, and that was kind of a, you know, just a good horse that would take care of you, and she needed that because she still had significant physical limitations, particularly affecting her balance, which, of course, we all know is a huge aspect of riding. So at that time, I would have put her at a, an intermediate rider at the absolute most, an intermediate recreational rider. Uh, she was really, she was riding gated horses, so she was not having to trot, and she, but she was just learning to canter. And then fast forward to today, I guess that's been a few years, and she's really um, becoming a professional instructor, riding instructor. So... She's really come a long, long way in a short amount of time, both through her own studies and pursuits, and then joining my program, oh, about a year and a half or so ago. What do you think it is about your program that helped her the most? Was there one thing that you thought might have benefited her? I believe a huge benefit. One of the first things we do in my program is we go through a series of evaluations of both yourself and your horse to find out where you are and to find out what's missing and where the holes are. And we go through, you know, everything from the horse's training history over his entire life to his uh, confirmation, saddle fit, the tack you're using. And then we do the same thing for the rider. What, you know, what is... What is your total lifetime experience? Let's break that into hours and days. That gives me an idea. And, and it's, it's not easy. The students, uh, they aren't crazy about doing all that math in a horse program. <laughs> but it's important. I believe in the 10,000 hours it takes of serious, deliberate practice to become a master. Right. And when I put people through the exercise of actually figuring out in your lifetime how many different horses have you ridden, how many days, weeks, hours, days, weeks, and months you've been in the saddle. I've gotten pretty good at, uh, at understanding, you know, if your tally comes out to 
you know, whatever, 4,000 hours, that tells me where you're at in this journey. And I think that starting by really evaluating where you are now, and then we go through some goal-setting exercises. So it gives you a roadmap. It, it, it first, it elevates the confidence of where you are, and it makes you understand, okay, well, I really haven't been, I have a student right now in the program from Australia, and he's only been riding five and a half months. And, and I, you know, joke that if you're counting half months, you have not been doing this very long. <laughs> That's right. And so it really puts things into perspective. And so, you know, for him, it put him into the perspective of, oh, gee, I've got a really long way to go. I just need to be patient about this. Right. And for someone like Carmelie, it, it made her say, wow, look what I've already done. This is amazing. And then that gave her the confidence, well, I've come this far just all by myself. Wow. And now I have a plan and I have the resources I need and I have the coach I need. Think where I can go now. So I think that's one of the biggest benefits. And I do think that there's a certain amount, whether you're a doctor working with a patient or a coach working with an athlete, uh, a trainer like yourself working with a horse person, there's something called compliance where the receiving party has to kind of accept the teachings of the of the teacher and follow those directly and i think that's where a lot of people tend to fall off they it's a really good idea to get it when they when they come up with it and then they start having to like you said go through the work and that's where a lot of people tend to drop off where Carmel absolutely she's a firecracker i mean she just kind of seemed to have swallowed this this program up and, and is running with it. She sure did. She's one of the only students I've ever had make it completely through the program in 12 months. Wow. And it's a lot of work. So she was almost on a daily basis. Now, to to be fair, she's retired, so she's <laughs> you know got a lot of time to devote. And she's you know with her horses every day. And I have other people in the program that are only able to ride a couple of times a week and maybe not in the winter at all. And, but there's a, there's a, always a study component. So in, in every assignment, you have articles to read and, and videos to watch and, and then an assignment to follow and answers, questions to answer and so forth. But she just went at it deliberately on a daily basis. Now, Many of the assignments are going to take you a week or two to actually complete because it's something, for instance, you might need to work with your horse on for several days in a row before you really see a, you know, the result. So she was working on something every single day. She was not rushing through the assignments. I've had, I've had students that I can tell they're just trying to get it completed, and so they're going for quality, I mean quantity versus quality. And not Carmelie. She took every single assignment seriously and, and completed it from a, from the beginning to the end. And then it was funny because as we got towards the end of the program, I was complimenting her and saying, wow, you've moved through this faster than anyone else. So she started rushing to make it within 12 months. <laughs> and I regretted saying that because I don't, I don't like people to rush through it. But right. what happened was she ultimately went back and redid the last assignments because she, at the end she realized she had not done them 
as thoroughly as she should have. So she actually just re, redid the assignments from scratch. And so that shows you her, her level of determination. She even busted herself for not putting her full <laughs> effort into it. So as, the, as we go on, what do you think the future holds for Carmelie? I am pretty certain what the future is going to hold for Carmelie. You know, it's really an amazing story. She started out as a client in a therapeutic writing program <laughs> because of her physical disabilities. And now, fast forward, I'm not sure how many years we're talking about from there, probably five-ish, something like that. Fast forward to, to not only owning multiple horses and, and being an accomplished rider, but she's become a certified instructor uh, through the Certified Horsemanship Association. And I'm pretty certain that's where she's headed. She wants to share her love and her passion with anyone and everyone else. And so that's what she's working on now. In fact, we're working on her going back and, and redoing her assignments. But instead of her being the student, her job is to teach that assignment to someone else. So we're actually bringing, she's bringing a student into the equation of hers and we're going to be going through the assignments with that student. I think that's the greatest outcome for both Carmely and for the horse industry itself to, to have someone like that who's benefited so greatly and has such a passion to share with others. But she's doing it right. She's gotten certified. She's, you know, has a very strong eye to safety. And so that's where I see her going with this. I, I just think it's a great story. I, and if someone's dealing with challenges on their own and they they need a little bit of inspiration. This is a, a great story to look to. And uh, I want to thank you, Julie, for coming on the show and sharing your thoughts about Carmelie and the progress and a little bit about your Horsemaster Academy. My wife, Renee, was on your show a number of years ago with her horse, Dusty. Yes, by the way, and that was a number of years ago, I'm going to say 13 Yes, I think so. Ish. <laughs> And I remember that episode and Renee like it was yesterday. And I will tell you this, it's one of the episodes I've had more comments on than any other. And people still today say, remember that lady in, in Master and Commander? That's what we named the show. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm just like that. <laughs> and so she has also been uh, an inspiration to people. And um, that show even though it was filmed 13 years ago, is still impacting people today. So that's pretty cool. And she still has Dusty, and she's still riding him on a regular basis. And, nice. and she is now the master and commander. Nice. <laughs> and then for me, I didn't get into riding and, until late in life. And uh, I got my horse, and I was working on my horsemanship. And uh, I needed a little bit more as a rider than I needed to know uh, my horse to be more of a horse. So I have kind of leaned on your two volumes of principles of riding, the balance and rhythm and communication and control. And those really helped me a lot, too. So I just wanted to say thank you for Excellent. putting those out. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad it's helped. And it's been a pleasure to be on your show, John. It was great to talk to Julie and get to hear her impressions of Carmelie. Now, Carmelie is going to try her hand at teaching. Well, I'm sure you're going to be very, very good at it. 
And, you know, just coming on the show and sharing your story, you've really had a journey with horses and it's, it's pretty amazing how far you've come. It's, 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 it's a miracle. It, it really is just a bona fide miracle. And, and I've, I can walk now, you know, I can walk around the block or something with no crutches. Or if I came off my horse a mile from the barn, I might regret it by the time I got there. But I probably could literally walk a mile if I had to Wow! without my crutches. That's great. That is really great. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate that. I really have enjoyed it. And I'm really glad I've been able to share with you and hope it helps some other people, too. Both before and after the official interview, Carmelie and I chatted. She is a joy to talk to. And there was one more very important topic that I wanted to include in this episode. I'd be happy to talk about Horses for Hope. I, I think we do wonderful work to change people's lives. They changed my life. They, I mean, they gave me my life back. And so I really have been trying to help give back the same way. No, no matter where you live, there's probably a therapeutic riding center near you and they need volunteers. They especially need volunteers with horse experience to be horse leaders because I can teach somebody to be a sidewalker, but I can't teach you how to read the horse without the horse experience. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks to Carmelie Scarpetti for coming on and sharing her inspirational story. I'd also like to thank Julie Goodnight for taking time out of her busy schedule to come on and share some of her thoughts. I'll have the links to both Julie Goodnight, Carmelie, and Horses for Hope Therapeutic Writing Center in the show notes at wolpodcast.com. If you have a story to tell or an idea for a podcast, I'd love to hear it send an email to john at woepodcast.com. I answer everyone. You can find all the episodes of Woe Podcast at that aforementioned woepodcast.com. Click subscribe on any podcast catcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and new episodes will automatically appear on your device. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Woe Podcast and would love to connect with you there. Post some photos of you and your horse. We would love to see them. You guys are a big part of this podcast, and I can't thank you enough for your support. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.